some people love Shakespeare, others not so much. But a Shakespeare adaptation is always a good time. Constellation Theatre at 14th and T is featuring a musical called Desperate Measures. It's based off of Shakespeare's play Measure for Measure, but it's set in the Wild West. A gunslinging nun teams up with a sheriff and a saloon dancer to save her brother. Buy tickets now at constellationtheater.org. The show runs through March 17th. Once again, that's constellationtheater.org. Hey, uh, before we get into our episode, a quick call out. Hyrek House's annual Christmas market is around the corner and it's so popular that they have to charge entry to keep space under control. But don't worry, we're giving away some free tickets. To enter our raffle, all you have to do is tell us your hopes for DC 2023. How do you want to see the city change and improve in the new year? Email us at dc at citycast.fm or leave us a voicemail at 202-642-2654. You have until Sunday night to send in your thoughts and you could get free entry to enjoy the beer, mulled wine, and beautiful holiday trinkets at the Hyrick House Market. Check out our show notes for more information. See you there. Now for the show. Today on CityCast DC. Right now, the Washington Commanders play at the much maligned FedEx Field in Landover. Their lease is almost up, though, which means they're looking for a new home. Sports columnist Rick Snyder tells us why a return to D.C.'s old RFK site might not be as far-fetched as it once was. It's Thursday, November 17th, 2022. I'm Michael Schaefer, and this is CityCast D.C. Rick Snyder, so glad you're here. Well, it's great. I've, I've always wanted to be on this podcast. I love it. I've been watching the newsletter, and it's great to see a new local voice of things that aren't covered by other media. So we're midway through the Commander's season. They're coming off a big-time win against the previously undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. But there's still so many things wrong with the squad. What's going on? The new stadium is really discussions have been very quiet in the last uh, six months mostly because of Dan Snyder's troubles and people are a little afraid about what to do forward. The Virginia legislature made a grand gesture of a billion dollars, which I thought, are you insane? And uh, they quickly took it down to like 350. Wait, wait, hold on a second. They, the Virginia legislature, were going to give $1 billion? Yeah, that was their opening bid. Then they realized they were bidding against themselves. <laughs> so what's wrong with the place? Right, so FedEx Field, the problem that Jack Kent Cook did was he based it on the past stadium, the giant stadium, versus the future. And so it got old really quick. It's sort of like a great stadium for the 1980s and 90s, but new things are needed. They built it very quickly, so structurally, you know, it has some problems. It was built in an American record 22 months. But stadiums now are about going forward in the future. Going to sporting events has changed in the last few years. It's become... Enhanced experiences is the buzzword. And it's not about getting a hot dog and watching a game. It's about being on your internet and showing all your friends on social media, hey, I'm here, I'm cool. I'm interconnecting with people. And the old stadiums didn't have any of that. And the Wi-Fi is kind of new. 5G is starting to move into stadiums. So you have that. And the stadiums themselves are becoming archaic because the new model is going to be watching games at home even more. Because with 5G experiences, people will eventually 
get to feel like they are on the field watching on their TVs. It's going to be wild what happens in the next two, three years. So you don't need to go to the stadium to feel like you're in the stadium. So the current experience at FedEx Field in Prince George's County uh, it takes a long time to park, and it's pretty far from Metro, and uh, the food's not that great, and it's just not a great experience. It sounds like what that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's part of it. I mean, the, the new stadiums around that you're starting to see, also, it's got to be on mass trans. Why was the XFL team at Audi Field so successful in its brief tenure? Because the young people all came and walked from the Metro over by Nats Park and came over. Totally different dynamic. And there is a Metro at Landover, but it's about a mile walk. If you hold on to the past, the future will be a failure at this next stadium. And they're having trouble finding a spot for different dynamics. They would love to come back to D.C., but there's a problem there. D.C. doesn't want them. The D.C. Council doesn't want them. But let me just say this. If Dan Snyder were to sell the team suddenly to a Jeff Bezos or whoever, that might change. I, I could see suddenly they're going, really, we didn't want Dan Snyder. We're going to work this out. Wait, why don't they want the commanders in the RFK site? Can we break that down? They left RFK because they made no money there. The city owned everything pretty much. The Redskins didn't even make concessions or parking money. So now you got to get rich people stuff with the suites and all. The next stadium, again, is for a next level of the rich. It's going to be about a 60,000-seat stadium, but more way they're going to angle it, less upper deck, more lower deck, more price increases, more for events. There's a big segment that wants different things there at that site. And I've talked to the ANC commissioner about this and all. They want everyday things out there. They want commercial stuff that they'll use. They don't want a stadium that's there 10 times a year and which this new one wouldn't be. It would be 100 events a year, I think. They're willing to do a venue, and I would think even the Wizards might move out there. That's my bold prediction. If you build a smaller arena and you have lots of events, I can see the Wiz moving out there. The people want, they want different things. And they know that people living there, they won't go to that many games, and it's really not something for them. It's not a simple fix for them at all. What's the moral argument for putting a stadium in the city. I mean, we're, we're in a place where uh, housing prices are insanely expensive, where lots of the city feels underserved by a bunch of services. This is one of the few open sites in D.C. And you have just said that prices might be double what they are. They are aiming it entirely at rich people things. And why should D.C. give up uh, precious land and maybe subsidies uh, to have a, a, a stadium uh, for a football team that will play eight times a year. Okay, so let me use Nats Park and Cap One Arena for examples of why you do. And Nats Park was a disaster zone of an area of the city. It was an embarrassment. We all know this. I used to drive up South Capitol Street and say, wow, here's the capital, and I'm just in the worst part of town. And when they bring in the, the Nats, well, they used to have a domain to clear out the Navy Yard, but look at the Navy Yard now, You know, one of the successes of the city. When they built Cap One Arena as MCI Center, that was all surface parking lots in an abandoned part of the city, just a few blocks from Pennsylvania Avenue. And it encouraged, there's reports that say it encouraged $6 billion worth of new growth around it. So why wouldn't we be able to do this also at the RFK site? The other thing to remember is there's ticket taxes, which add up. And most people attending events are from, DC, are from Virginia and Maryland which I know doesn't make DC people happy, but that tax money is coming from outside the city. 
to help fund that stadium. Wait a minute. There are 81 games a year at a baseball stadium. So there's going to be some, you know, people go out to eat afterwards. It has spillover development. Same at a basketball and hockey stadium. People, football it, watching is different. People come in tailgate. They don't tend to like go out to dinner or whatever afterwards. And it's only eight times a year. And with this team, it's likely to stay only eight times a year. I don't think there's a lot of playoffs coming up. That is a totally different thing, isn't it? Okay, one thing, it's it's 10 games a year now with the new schedules, and preseason games count on that. But just a new facility won't just be limited to that. It's probably going to be a dome, and they, they have said they expect at least 100 events a year because you can't build a billion-dollar stadium off of 10 games a year. You need other things. So you're going to have 100 events a year, and the expectation is they're going to build around it a lot of commercial venue to make it a destination place so that you aren't just taking the metro, walking to the stadium and walking out. They wanted to create Danny World or whatever you want to call it. And they've done that in Los Angeles. They're trying to do it in Dallas. There's other places around the league that are trying to create destination ports to make this uh, look like it. And St. Louis has done it very well. There's other places. I hope that they have a futurist working on this thing. Because if they don't do it right, yeah, it's going to suck. But if they do it right, it creates the next war for whatever area of the city. The brand new Arbor at Tacoma is built for your most convenient urban living. Whether you want to enjoy the vibrant Tacoma, D.C. community or comfortably retreat into a sleek sanctuary all your own, The kitchens have striking dark navy and white cabinets, and throughout the home, there are wood floors and smart home technology. Some homes even have a private outdoor space. With a quick walk to the metro, you can easily head into downtown or stay close and enjoy the retail that's on-site. Located at 218 Cedar Street Northwest, the Arbor Tacoma offers brand new one- and two-bedroom condos starting in the upper 300,000s. Visit thearboratacoma.com for more information. That's Tacoma with a K. So T-H-E-A-R-B-O-R-A-T-T-A-K-O-M-A dot com. So if there looks like there's a third option, they bought all this land out in Woodbridge, which is for a, a Washingtonian, it's really far away, although it might not be that far from a lot of their fans. Tell us about the Woodbridge thing. The Woodbridge thing is all smoke and mirrors. It's like I tell you, Michael, hey, I'll give you three choices for dinner. Dirt, uh, fire, or steak. Which one do you want? Okay, that's what that Woodbridge and Dumfries is. Or Sterling was the third choice. And Sterling's near Redskin Park. It's near uh, Dulles Airport. It's on the Silver Line, which is sort of working. You know, it's possible. It's closer. Woodbridge and Dumfries, there's zero, zero chance And if you look at the migration of cities and how everything is working, it even tells you it's less than zero to work. That was all smoke and mirrors, in my opinion. Well, in a perfect world, then, it sounds like what you're saying is the commanders actually want to play inside the District of Columbia. In a perfect world, they do. You have mass transit. You have the city core. It's more centrally located with the Maryland-Virginia angles on there. It would be great. But at this point, there's nothing there. And I know they talked about an Anacostia site recently. That was dismissed months ago uh, because it's federal land, too. And we have federal government always gets in the way of things. But that's not happening either, unfortunately. But like I said, if you change owners and maybe sweeten the pot a little, it could. I give it a puncher's chance of maybe. But right now, all my money is going to be on land oversight 
where FedEx Field is now. Maryland has an offer on the table of $300 million to create a destination area around it. Same thing I was talking about, where we create the Danny World and revitalize Landover, which needs it. That's the way to do it. Their offer's on the table, and Snyder hasn't touched it. Virginia walked away, and D.C. says no. So part of this, part of the reason D.C. is saying no, part of the reason Virginia walked away is that the team is wildly unpopular and the owner as a person, as you say, is is really a problematic person for a lot of people. How much of this will go away if it was a different owner situation? Well, I tell you what, it goes away even more if they won games. I've talked to literally <laughs> hundreds who have given up their season tickets. I've had this conversation hundreds of times where they say, oh, we were generational fans. We had them forever. We just can't do this anymore. It's not, And I said, let me just ask this simple question. If this team was going to the Super Bowl this year, would you come to games? Oh, yeah. Well, then it's not about anything else. It's about winning and losing. And this team has stunk for 30 years. Not all of it was Dan Snyder, but you know, they had a rebuild after the last Super Bowls. But it's all about winning and losing more than anything. If this was a Super Bowl team annually, the stadium would be a totally different situation. So what you're saying, though, is that if I want to make a profit off this, I should buy like a parking lot in Landover or something near where, where you think it's going to wind up. Uh, somebody tried that and then they tried to bar people from walking to the game at one point. <laughs> Crazy as that was, they were like, sorry, these are sidewalks. You can't come walk in here. You have to park in our parking lots. That really happened for a while. But I still think Landover is overwhelmingly it. But hey, anything in life can change. So now it turns out Dan Snyder might, in fact, be selling the team. Cue the hosannas from fans. If he does, where do you think the team's going to end up? Is DC like more likely to be back on the table this way? If the Washington Commanders are sold, they are very much in play going back to RFK Stadium. The DC government, which has been against it with Dan Snyder, will throw a parade for somebody like Jeff Bezos because they will give the site more than a stadium. They'll give it opportunities for more jobs and commerce and maybe some other things residents want. So absolutely, I think it could come back to RFK Stadium with anyone but Dan Snyder. Hey, Rick, thank you so much for being here. It was fun. All right, love your show. And before you go, here's some quick news. The Montgomery County Council has unanimously, unanimously voted to ban firearms within 100 yards of public schools, libraries, parks, religious sites, and healthcare facilities, among other non-hunting locales. Violations could cost up to $1,000 in fines and six months behind bars. County Executive Mark Elrich still needs to sign the bill into law. Meanwhile, Virginia's largest school system is considering overhauling its grading system. Fairfax schools may switch from the traditional 100-point scale to a 4.1. This would grade students based on their mastery of each concept they're supposed to learn. Proponents say the new standards-based system will be more consistent across classrooms, but... Change is always controversial. The district will talk with teachers, parents, students, and administrators before unveiling a policy proposal in the spring. Lastly, workers at the Chinatown La Colombe are unionizing. The workers are asking management to voluntarily recognize the union, but they say they will get it done regardless. They've authorized international union UFCW Local 400 to represent them. Politics and Pros, a DC Starbucks, and Union Kitchen also unionized recently. And that's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, tell your football fan friends to listen. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.